we'll just start this. I don't even know what we call these episodes. To truly be honest, we we haven't we haven't come up with a we haven't come up with like a show title yet for our for our for our part of the Ace of Spade podcast. Um, but I'm here with my man Dylan. I'm on a four day I'm on a four day training break, which is miserable. At the same time, it's great. Um, it's not like I don't take two days off on the weekend anyway, so it's like a two day training break. And I didn't yeah. have to train legs, but that also meant no free meal, so I'm kind of sad. Um, yeah that was uh that was me last week when my fiance and i went to the mountains and stuff justin was like hey man you need a you need a break so i actually took seven or eight days off which i think to be honest was the longest time i've not trained in like 10 years (laughs) so i was like man this is probably really good for me and i bet you feel and i bet you felt great this week yeah i came back just smashing prs of course right so then i'm like mad at myself because well flat when he told me to do it i was like hey this is a really good idea. And to be honest, I'm just too psychological. I've been too psychologically weak in the past to do this. And then yeah. his response was really nice. He was like something along the lines of, why do you think I have a coach too? We're all too psychologically weak to do the hard shit. Yeah. You, fair you fair enough. Push, you want to yeah. push through. Like the day yeah. before, the day before I did arms and I was like, huh, I have this pre-workout laying around and I haven't used it. And I was like, I haven't used caffeine in like forever. So I took one scoop and it was like 150 megs of caffeine. I was like, I smashed PRs, like completely smashed PRs that day. And I was like, hmm, maybe I got over the hump that I was feeling the last few weeks. And I was like, and then I told Mark, like my body's feeling run down or check-in. He's just like, take it off. He's like, take, this take it off. And I was just like, that's a good choice. Cause I was going to mention doing this anyway. And I was like, ah, you know, you get too afraid to do it. Um, so do you use caffeine? Like not very often you said at all then? Oh, or? Dude, that was the first time I've had caffeine in like three, three, four months. Oh yeah, I so use like it very, while. very, and I have a thing. If I use it, it's only with training. I don't use same. It outside. I never take caffeine. I will, never, I will never use it outside. I am a very big fan of nootropics, so I just use. So I just go hard on the nootropics. Makes sense. Yeah, I'll use decaf. I'll use decaf to kind of get like it. Kind of gives a placebo, placebo. To yeah the, to the nootropic, and then I'm like yep. good to go. It <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense, bro. But um, on today's episode, we are going to discuss um, a post made by Lane Norton. We are wow. we are going into we're going into, Chris, you're really stepping out on a limb here. We're going out. <laughs> we're going on some deep. We're going on some. Deep, we're, we're going on some deep toes. If my if my show ends after this episode, you'll know why. I was going to um, say we might we might get canceled. But yeah, we honestly, might. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, that uh, we have some good points to this. I think it's going to be a good episode for everyone, and it's actually not really too. It's not to box up Lane's post into right or wrong, uh, you know, even though we're making a joke out of it. It's more so this post, uh, when I seen it, all it did was, uh, let's say, it really reinforced the fact that I think there's this huge, huge misunderstood population within fitness right now. And I want to, I'll give you my sense on how and when I kind of think this started. And you tell me what you think. So. Mm I've been in the fitness industry for like a very long time. So, you know, not, not as prevalent as I am now, but you know, like when I first started taking clients on in like, let's say 2014 or 2013 online training was like very, not a thing. And people like Lane were some of the OGs. So I have a ton of respect uh, for what him and some others have done, like really have done because like without some of these people, you and I wouldn't have a job that we love. So I want to make that clear, but um, when the post was made, I was like, geez, there's this big misunderstood group. And I think maybe in like 2014, fitness really started to take popularity and social media kind of helped that. I think, you know, people were posting more, all of a sudden it became like a popular thing. We can sort of skip all that because you can kind of see how that's led off where, you know, if, if you're any, even a foot in the door in the fitness industry, social media fitness industry is very large now as a very big, so there's a lot of users and participants in pretty general consistent fitness compared to what I would say, um, rephrase people that live sort of like a quote unquote bodybuilding lifestyle. Um, but maybe you're not even competitors or, you know, they just want to be jacked and feel good, but they want to be pretty jacked. And that's a lot of people, like a lot of people. And so this post, um, I'll let Anthony read it, or do you want me to read it off? Um, I can read it. I can yeah, read you, it. I'll let Anthony read it off, and he's got it in front of him. 
and he can talk about like what lane had boxed up in right or wrong. And then I want to talk a little bit about why I see this as like very misinterpreted. Yeah. So the post says what people think is stopping their fat loss. That probably isn't. And this is an X's slow metabolism hormones, the perfect protein, carb, fat ratio, and specific nutrients. And then he says, what is more likely stopping progress, lack of accountability, overeating on weekends, unaccounted calories and inconsistency. So when I hear that and I read that, honestly, like as you read it to me, even more so, like I'm getting more comfortable taking this idea on as I get into it because my whole roster, well, except for about five clients and I have a fairly decent sized roster right now is that's flipped right upside down where like 95% of my roster it's I could change the X's and the check marks to that post and it would become way more correct. And I feel like this segment of the fitness industry, this populace is sort of getting missed. I mean, it's great for guys like you and I, because we're making a, a we're really able to, as we educate ourselves, we're able to make a really good living and a really good business because these people are not getting serviced because there's this kind of ideology that when someone isn't making results, they must be cheating on their diet. They must be overeating. They must be binging on the weekends or, you know, not, they don't know how to properly track their food and don't get me wrong. I want to state that I, there is a large percentage of people that that probably is fitting for, but it's not fitting for what I would call the general fitness consuming goer, like people that are already going to the gym, you know, three, four or five days a week. And they're, you know, pretty diligent on their meals, you know, um, and they're, and they're not binging. That's like most of my clients, like most of my clients, I find results in those X's, like finding a better protein and carb uh, and fat ratio to better suit their biofeedback. A lot of times I get their blood work pulled. It's nutrient deficiencies that are causing some of their blood work problems, which are definitely holding back from their goals. Look at the same panel of blood work. Hormones almost always are not in a good spot, usually from chronic undereating and overexercising, which we've touched on a lot of our episodes. And the slow metabolism, well, maybe not, they weren't born with that slow metabolism, but they downregulated it yep. from focusing too much on those checkmark things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like too much about eating less and less and less, too much about move more, you know, more gym, more gym, more gym, more cardio, more cardio, more cardio you're definitely going to downregulate your metabolism. And the reason that I even wanted to talk about this post is because I know it's frustrating when you're a consumer and you read something like this from a PhD in nutrition, who's a leader in the industry. And you go like, fuck though, I'm not like overeating on the weekends. And this was me as a consumer, bro. You know, I think that's why I feel so passionate. It's like, no, I was not. And I know how to count macros. Well, yeah, I was doing you know, the same. So it's I like, was doing the same thing. Like, right. Like, and now my whole roster is built off of that. And it's, I'm picking on him to be honest, cause there's some clout behind the name and everyone will know who it is. So like, okay, good. There's a relatability factor, but I see a lot of this in the very heavily science based space. And <clears throat> I wish we could figure out a better way to balance all these things with some functional health practices, because there's just a lot of people that are not getting the right information. You know, like it's, it saddens me, I think, because, you know, I've got to rebuild my whole roster over the last six months after taking some time off, as we talked about in the past, but it's like almost every person is in this boat. And I just think to myself, what if I told them all that like, oh, well, you're just eating too much or you're just not you're binging on the weekend. What's it's the like, point? What's the point of having a coach at that point? Like, <laughs> like there's a thing. They might as well fire me. Yeah. Like there's a thing of like, um, you know, we all start out that way where it's like, we all start out as the calories and the calories, macros and cardio training guys. And then yes. the more elite people will go into those hormones and they'll dive into them. And you're like, no, there's way more because eventually like we all know and we all see is you'll get a client that gets stuck. And you're like, why are they getting stuck? And there's a reason behind that, whether, whether it is maybe the thyroid or whether it is like even their sex hormone levels, like it's all plays interconnected into what it is. And a lot of people can go, 
And I think the one thing I don't like about that about these is like they they think like the gut health has nothing to do with things. Like they all very much the scientific at least under him, they kind of they kind of always like to say, Hey, if you have a gut health thing, it's actually going to cause weight loss. Like most of them most of them are still under that thing of a lot of times it's going to cause weight loss and malnutrition where malnutrition is part of it. And nutri- nutrient deficiencies are from, are from the gut. Cause you're not properly absorbing them. Like they yeah. don't understand that. And it's, um, it's kind of crazy to see like, and you're like, well, tell me why someone, with, <laughs> tell me why someone with SIBO can't lose weight and why they continually gain weight. It's because they're just, they're just continually like, the bacteria is slowly growing and the GI fluid retention just keeps on getting bigger and bigger. And that's why they have those guts that they have. Like, well, then you start feeling worse and worse and the energy balance starts. That's the thing. It's like, okay, I look at this post and on paper, I can read it from five feet away. Okay. It makes sense. But you start trying to apply this to real cases. I hate to say this, but you can tell it comes from a lot of times from people who haven't worked with real human beings. Like they're working with like in vitro and studies because it's like, well, okay, so you're a, you're a female who has been going to the gym diligently and you are probably maybe already slightly under eating. You know, like let's take a female that's eating 1,700 calories, which is not too low, but, you know, not too high either. Yeah. And she still has 10% body fat to lose, but is already training five days a week and or six or maybe seven for God's sakes. And doing cardio on top of weight training it's like okay i understand you can't outsmart human starvation like yes if i just not feed someone when they have SIBO, they will eventually lose weight but this isn't a concentration camp like (laughs) adherence is going to fall apart you know what i mean like there's no way how do you get that person to upregulate their metabolism and get to their goal of losing that body fat that's the thing. Like, I feel like it depends. And maybe this is something good to talk about because I don't know Lane's typical audience. And I, you know, like truthfully, we don't know his analytics of like who his actual audience is. So, you know, I always take it a step further because I feel like my genetics are like a very good representation of the general population on the lower end. You know, it's like, I say minor there too. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I would, I would concur with that. So when, you know, it's like, okay, well, wh- I always tell people, you know, like if you want abs on the beach and you want them like pretty much year round, you know, I'm not saying shredded, I'm not saying show shredded, but like people that want some muscle definition, they want to see some strided delts and, you know, have a tricep horseshoe that is distinctible from their bicep, <laughs> you know, that, and that's like a lo- most of my clients want this. It's like, they're never going to get there with using those checkmark things in his past, you know, it's like, yes, that I can make that human a smaller version of themselves. But the analogy I've always told my clients is like, if I take a balloon and I blow it up as big as I can, it literally can't hold no more air. And it's, you know, two feet in circumference. Well, calorie balance without a proper protein and carbon nutrient plan, without proper training and rest, energy balance, just let some air, half the air out of the balloon. Okay, you've lost 50% of your body weight. The shape is still the same. Most people say they want to lose weight. They just don't really know what they're asking for, in my opinion. No one, when's the last time you had a client wake up and, or, or come to you in a consult and say, Anthony, you know, I'm overweight right now, but I love the shape of my body. Could you just make it smaller? Like, I just want smaller dimensions, but I want all, I want my hips to be the same shape from my shoulder ratio to my hips. I just want it to be two inches narrower. Nobody says that. No. And nobody ever will. And that's why like a lot of those check mark strategies, that's where they end up with people. That's, those are weight, strictly weight, body mass reduction strategies, in my opinion. And unless I'm delusional, I don't think that that's what most people are sort of seeking this content for. Yeah. You know, what do you think about that? You know, I think like we kind of mentioned, like a lot of people kind of look at him and they're like, oh, what are the studies? What are the studies that show this, this, and this? And everyone always looks behind the studies when a lot of us get so, I would, I would say he kind of goes after people of us because we mix that anecdotal with, with, yeah. the, with the studies. 
Like yeah. anecdotal says otherwise. Like if you say artificial sweeteners don't affect the gut, but we see it in the people that we're working with, what are you going to go with? Like, is it just, yeah. a, is it just a, is it just happen to be like one out of a million case? Probably not because every single person that I've, that I've run, a, that I've run number one, a leaky gut protocol with has ended up having way better bowel movements, has way better digestion and everything. And they could say whatever they want about supplements and stuff like that and getting those specific nutrients and, you know, that perfect protein carb fat ratio. I kind of, I kind of hate that because they always, they kind of demonize, they demonize saying like, I forget. He also did, if you looked at his thing, his story yesterday, he also shared like a thing about flexible dieting and, uh, and diet and like, yeah, let me see their meals. It's like, what meals are they eating? Like, it's like, you know, let me build the meal plan. They're like, number one, like he brought up, like they still get the same nutrients that they do. Number one, it's because a lot of these foods that are in IIFYM end up being fortified with them, which isn't always the best. Like it's not cereals like fruit loops is fortified with all your vitamins and minerals technically because of the goddamn rda but like good luck absorbing that you know it's like it's like get in your veggies it's like just just throw in like a handful of fucking blueberries into your meal (laughs) you're good to go like honestly like i think i think the problem is not those those check marks it is for some like that's the i find that's, that's the a beginner. Initial, that's, that's a starting initial, phase. That's the initial steps with somebody who ever comes to us, right? Is we set the accountability. We set the consistency. Um, we make sure that all their calories. The are energy balance. For, all know? their calories yeah. are counted for. Like we make sure, hey, they're getting these steps. Like they're, like they're getting in this much training. But after that, a lot of times it's actually the things in the X's that are they right? stopping them at the end? Like that's like the crazy part because looking at it, because you try to explain it, and I'm like, you know, I have this guy right now, and he's eating like he's not eating a ton. Actually, he's eating. We're actually have him eating less than where he was. Like he's about almost almost 100 grams carbs less, but he's maintaining weight. And I'm like, and why? because we fixed his digestion because his body is absorbing the nutrients way better. Like that's why his body's holding on to this mass that it is. So when I go to drop him to lose fat, he's going to do that because his body's absorbing things better. Um, that's me. That's what Justin did with me. I was eating like 550 grams of carbs and I, cu- I couldn't get over 200 pounds. I would see it and then it would fade away and I would see it. But like, my neck felt like someone injected four pounds of saline into my neck. Like I, I had no neck. It was so much water retention. And uh, I mean, we were pushing pretty hard food and that, that was definitely part of the plan anyway, but he reduced me about 120 grams of carbs and I only lost three or four pounds, but like I've been on that protocol change for three months now. And I'm actually starting to now go up the other way, like very slowly. Yeah, exactly. But my physique looks way better. Exactly. So it's like, That's what I was saying. I was like, I was talking to him today because we had our check-in and I was like, and I was like looking at him. I'm like, kind of getting just, I'm seeing a little bit more of your delts. Like we pushed really hard. Like I posted him today on my story, like his back shot. Yeah, I, was okay, like, I remember that. We pushed, we pushed really hard. I was like, hey, we have this time frame when you're done school and when you start your job. You start your job in the middle of like the third to last week of July and you're done school the first week of May. I was like, we have this two and a half month period where I'm not going to change food. We're going to let the training, you just have to live like a bodybuilder for two and a half months and do nothing else. And he was like, it's a good transformation. and And you got it. And he was like, and then he put on like, like we put on close to, I think seven, seven, eight pounds. Seven, seven to ten pounds during that time frame, which is basically somewhere around a pound a week, which I am very not a pro fan of of doing that. Like that's something that I don't personally like to do. I like to have a little slower rate gain, like Me too. maybe a half pound, like like a quarter to a half pound. Um, but I was like, we have this opportunity where you're not gonna have stress. I was like, you're gonna put on size. I was like, there's not gonna be there might be a little fat gain there, but we have this clear runway that you have to take. 
Like that's what I told him. I was like, you have this opportunity right now to, to give yourself a runway. So when you start your job and we get into the situation of more stress, all I'm going to have to do is drop your carbs a little bit to handle, to deal with that incoming stress because you're going to retain more water so we can maintain your weight. I was like, that, that's been the whole plan all along and it's working out to perfection now. And I'm yeah. Like, and that's, that's a perfect example, right? So it's like, there's another one. And so let's just like pull this apart a little bit deeper. Yeah, yeah. So in these X's, I want to group up slow metabolism and hormones into the same kind of topic point between me and you because it's like the same, but, uh, what just off the top of your head, what are a couple things that you've come across that definitely would slow progress that fit in these two points? And I know there's lots, but like, you're going to have examples. I guarantee you. Well, you're looking at, you're looking at one thyroid easily, um, downregulated thyroid from just so much. And I see it in my guide, like, like I posted another guy today. Um, and I posted him the other day, he was in um, Austin, and he, like, he was eating so little. And then when we bumped up his calorie expenditure, almost, he's now almost 1400 calories on his training day. up. Like, that's a hell of a lot. That's a lot of calories. And he's lean, and he's getting lean. And I'm like, now all we gotta do is drop the fat a little bit off his abs, and he'll be in a perfect growth shape. Um, but that's a perfect example of reigniting that thyroid to yep. where it kickstarted and he dropped 10 pounds by adding 1400 calories. Like he's maintaining now at 181, 182. And he came to me at 192. So you have the thyroid there. Like you're talking about, and this also slow metabolism, like you're looking at gut health again, like I mentioned, like if you have a, if you have a whacked out gut, that T4 ain't getting converted to T3, you're going to have a really high reverse T3 where, you're going to be putting on fat. You're not going to be putting on, you're not going to be losing weight. You're not going to be gaining muscle. It's, it's literally a equation of just like death right there. It's like, if yeah. You- and so what do you think about this? So how many, this is something that's not really talked about. How, just out of like, out of 10 people that are in this category that I, sort of laid out like not a beginner someone that's pretty diligently going to the gym already and you know someone that's maybe considering hiring a coach because they've kind of stopped progressing on their own from youtube videos and podcasts etc right because that's like a lot of us what we've done so how many fitness born diseases do you think are created from that strategy because like uh, you know and i think that's why guys like maybe lane miss some of this because they're not actively coaching in today's space they have before, but they're not coaching the bodies that we are coaching in the space today. And I think like a lot of these gut health issues are being caused from years of the things that we've already somewhat talked about, you know? Yeah. They're being caused from the years of everybody wants to eat chicken and broccoli and broccoli. Yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> eating less and trying to figure and, out their and, energy balance, lower and lower, more yeah, cardio, move and, more, you know? And I mean, you know, one person we, we both look at is trained by JP. And Jordan, yep. Jordan talks about it all the time. He talks about, he hammers home energy balance, yep. but he hammers it in a way where it's not the same as these guys hammer it. Like, not at all. It's like, it's like, like, it's like, I love the way he frames things about energy balance and training. Cause he'll just say like people, uh, you know, I'm just going to pick on a couple examples. Like, Oh, should I, should I worry about tempo or lifting heavy? Fuck off. Do it both. You know what I mean? It's like control the the heavy ass weight and you'll get, you standardize everything in stone that can be. So like energy balance steps, exercise technique, and then you just try to progress the variables that are available to you. You know, like it's, it's and and he talks about, and he talks about it greatly with, with his own partner in corn. He's like, she walks around she walks around all day, he says. And that's why she has like, she literally walks. Like, I'm not surprised. Like when you have, but, but you want to know what that is, even though she is on PEDs, you want to know what it truly is. It's that her hormones are regulated to a point where, (sighs) Hey, energy balance then works. Like the equation that you think energy balance is like, that's the argument that he always gives. He's like, energy balance occludes the thyroid and stuff like that. Yeah, in a way, but you don't know exactly. what someone's energy balance is until you regulate the hormone. 
Like that's right. That's why. Like that's what's why being when, wasted? What's being not uptaken? You have no that's idea. Why, that's why when I'm in classes and stuff like that, like the classes that I'm taking recently, like we start people off on fairly low calories because their body is so downregulated that you need to go down to that level and meet the system. You have to meet the system where it's at. And this is where we get, uh, I don't even know, I would get ostracized for going low calorie like that. Like I'm never a preacher of, first off, we all know low calories is never the option, but it's the intention of low calories to feed up. Yeah. And it's relative, right? Because it's like you're relatively feeding what you have available. Like someone's got SIBO and a downregulated thyroid and, you know, low red blood cell count you know like all of a sudden vitamin d is trashed in in, in the blood test it's like well i got a lot to deal with here yeah. and, and i then, know that they're not gonna uptake 300 grams of carbs although that would be great if i could just give it to them i would love to it's just gonna make them fatter and they're gonna quit and, I was <laughs> you know? to say, and that brings me into another another hormone you're looking at you know how many how many cases have you seen probably of hyperinsulinemia where you're starting Lots. to see where you're starting to see insulin levels of six and it's and it doesn't even have to be that much. Like the warning sign is six. Like it's clearly there. Like it does it shouldn't be above six. Like your goal is to get it. And this is where, hey, your little protein carbon fat ratio can play a Matters. big role in in that because hey, if I just throw someone macros and be like, hey, get three hundred grams of carbs. Yeah. If you spread that out throughout the day. You're not using your, you're kind of just keeping your insulins. You're kind of just keeping everything kind of spiked up throughout the day. Whereas if you go a little protein fats and then around your workout, you do majority of your carbs. Yeah. When you're a hundred times more sensitive. Yeah. Your body is going to benefit from that. And I'm seeing, and, and if you keep pushing out and if your body, you know, we talk about all the time, but blood glucose, and if it keeps, and if your blood glucose looks good, but it's your insulin keeps pumping it out to make it good, you're eventually going to run into a problem where your body's going to go into fat storage mode rather yeah. than it's going to get tired of pumping than, all that. Insulin. Exactly. So I don't understand, you know, I think it's all, I think it's all due to at least the hormones and the metabolism and all this stuff. It, like you said, it's all very recent. It's yeah. all kind of come to light by, by coaches such as Austin Stout, such as Jeffrey Stew, like such as Jason yeah. Theobald, like all these coaches that have dealt with hormones, like, they're seeing it and like we have anecdotal evidence of it and this is why people aren't and hyperinsulinemia is actually becoming way more of a problem in today's society because of the food choices that are kind of being being touted throughout yeah. the whole food industry um advertised and such like that like you know i see it all the time with like you know it's it's hard because when you live a fitness lifestyle and you kind of see the people around you not not live it as well and it like you kind of see their decisions and i go everybody has their own life they make their own choices of course they decide what they want to do but when you're a coach and you kind of look at family members and you see like hey, what choices they're making when it comes to that stuff you're like it kind of irks you inside but definitely so i think insulin plays a massive massive factor in it so do i because once, you're, once your once your beta cells basically once your beta cells fail you're fucked. You are. Yeah, it's you're fucked. Good luck. You know, it's like again, you and I would never post an argument that if that was a if a client was in that case and they came to us and said, "I just want to reduce body mass. I don't care. I'll do anything." It's like, well, yeah, we can starve them, and they won't. Like, yeah, you're not. You we can, can override. Like, yeah, yes, like yeah, like we're gonna. We I know you can't override human starvation, but like again, where's the applicability in that? How as a coach, how what? What service am I if that's the only map I can provide? You know, like I might as well not do this job. You know, it's like all of a sudden, and then just to, to segue, looking into this, into the nutrients, because you kind of touched so well on like, you know, the hormones and the metabolism and even the fat ratios, the nutrients, I got a good example. And this is an N of one. So I'm not trying to say that this is everyone mm-hmm. or, you know, like we're, all we can do here is give examples of sort of what we've seen yes. either through education or with working with people, but I learn in pattern. So that's why it's hard for me to get on board with some of this. Cause it's like, Hey, I've coached probably 500 people in the last X amount of years. 
you start seeing recurring things that are very similar and they have the same fixes or the same not fixes. And it's like, well, <laughs> I don't care what a paper says because I'm not paid to provide my clients with scientific studies that they can read that are not applicable. I'm paid to get them results. So I don't really care if it has a sign. And that's coming from someone who is very scientific based, but I'll give you an example. Sorry. So nutrients I had a client whose digestion was not the best mm -hmm. and their iron levels were pretty low. So they were feeling like some anemia, not, not super bad, but a little bit. So like the starting phases of this, we looked over the diet and, you know, they, they already have some restrictions based on ethical choices in their diet. So I was like, and uh, I said to them, Hey, would you be okay to incorporate some, uh, some organ meats into your diet, specifically liver? And uh, we had to talk about it. And, you know, of course, like kind of not, not super common, uh, but I got her onto it. Four meals, <laughs> four meals. Her, her whole demeanor is turned around. The color in her face has come back. You know, it's so like, it's like, well, geez, nutrients, you know, and like, I, I'm not, you know, I'm air quoting this. And like, we gave one super food and that was enough because it wasn't so bad that everything had degenerated. We were just on that. And I'm trying to make that point because I don't want to make it sound like magic, but because we caught it and we noticed that, hey, you've probably been deficient in the diet for like six months. We're getting to the point where we kind of need to do something because if we keep walking down this road, there will be some bigger consequences later that will not be fixed by four liver meals. You know, so like that's a better way of wording it. But it's like, hey, nutrients play a huge bloody role in this, in my opinion. What do you think yeah. about that? Well, I mean, I can go back right to the thyroid. I mean, if you have yeah. like it, like right to mention your B vitamins. How important are your B vitamins in every single thing? Like we look at it, your B vitamins not only play a role in your thyroid, but it also plays a role. And this might not directly correlate to fat loss in general, but you're also looking at a methylation issue in females. I was just going to say, when they're not up, methylating, you know. Which ends up just creating a toxic environment. And what happens when your body's in a toxic environment? It's under stress. When it's under stress, what happens? It shoots up cortisol. When it shoots up cortisol, your blood glucose goes high. Insulin goes high. It causes a cascade. Thyroid gets downregulated. It causes a cascade of things. So not absorbing, not absorbing specific nutrients play a huge role. I see, if I see two things, I'm along with you with the iron. Usually it's an iron. Usually I'm seeing a lot of iron deficiencies and I'm seeing, um, a lot of B12 deficiencies. B12 yeah. here for me in yeah. Saskatchewan. I'm, seeing, I'm seeing a lot of I'm seeing a lot of MCH scores off. I'm seeing a lot of MCV scores off, red blood cell counts off. Like there's yep. a lot of different things that I'm seeing in these complete blood blood count panels that are just yep. off. And it just shows and it just shows like like we said, you can eat all these fortified foods, but you might not be absorbed. Like, like I said, if your gut's not good shape or if it's fortified, you're most likely not absorbing it. And that's not a, all of it for sure. Even if you are and healthy. Yeah. And that's a big thing too, with like, you know, everybody talks about the orange box of cream of rice and their iron. Oh yeah. Like that can have an effect. I don't think I've seen it yeah. myself. I haven't seen it myself. Actually, either, like but... Anybody, but I've heard it being talked about. Um, Me too. But you know, you look at it like, B vitamins play a huge role. Vitamin D plays a big role. Like yep. a lot of like a lot of people don't get that hormonal support. And what happens? Your testosterone, your sex hormones tank makes fat loss plenty harder to do. I think you know interesting because I was just having a side thought here, and you just said something very key, and it's almost right on point with what I was thinking, which it makes fat loss. You just said it makes fat loss a lot harder. When I look at this post by lane that we've been kind of basing our topic conversation about i think why this is maybe irritating to me is i look at this and go yes i could get someone to lose weight and maybe even get them jacked with the four check marks but if i incur if i turn them all into check marks now you have a we're going to be able machine. to eat yes and we're and the person's probably going to be able to eat more and feel a lot mainly feel a lot better well, that's going to drive up adherence because we know that almost nothing on this paper or any paper is usually the problem. 
it's a problem of when people like that have Saibo or Hashimoto's or anything like that, that I've worked with, they get discouraged because they're not getting results. And because to do any less energy balance or more work is unsustainable. And those people end up quitting. And then they're made to feel like they weren't accountable or they didn't know how to track macros or yeah, and they, feel they were binging them, on the they, weekend. And yeah. they feel shit about themselves. Like I hundred like, percent. Like when you look at things, the hardest part, if people don't know, the hardest part of dealing with hormones is the time aspect. That's the yep. hardest part I will ever say is dealing with that because like we've talked about before, there's no time limit on this. It's like, hey, you have to read the biofeedback. You have to read what's happening. It's like the body's going to turn on. And then you had to get the blood work to see it like three months later. And then it's like, okay, it's still not there three months later. It's like you're still working on it. But, and you have to continue. And it's like, where do you actively look for wins in these people? Like, that's what builds you. Like, you have to look for the small, like, out. Like, I was yeah, where the, are we deriving the positive emotion from? Like, yeah, what's, I where's like, the where's I was, the talking, with, yeah, I was exactly. talking with Alan. Um, Chris, and he was like, um, and he was like, you have to look for the small wins. And I was like, you're right. So every time I'm dealing with someone and I have my first cyber client and it's like, okay, where do we find the small wins? Like, Hey, you're having regular bowel movements now way better than you were before. Like you were having plenty of loose bowel movements. Um, Hey, you're having regular ones now every single day. Like that's freaking phenomenal. Hey, it's unreal. your weight went down five pounds in the first week, but then it stalled the second week. That's okay. But look, you're having regular bowel movements. Your energy's going up. You know, you're feeling better. Like things are kind of, you're actually smiling in your check-ins. Like there's, there's a big difference there. Um, so that's like the hardest part is because people think, people will think that these things, like they will blame it on these things as to why they're not is as yeah. to why their hormones aren't clicking back in. And it's not that it's cause they've it's like you said, like you caught, you caught something six at six months. Yeah. Whereas, and most people were catching this shit at like five or six years, yeah, you know, or, like, or years. And you're like, and they want that. And they want that fix within a month. And I'm like, it's not happening. I was this like, is like, I told people may, with my obese physique, you it's know, like, it's, it's like, like I, I got that way. Like you may, you may get that case where, hey, if you catch it within six months, you might be able to reverse it in a month if they execute 100% to the right things and they live a stress-free lifestyle. But who lives a freaking stress-free lifestyle in 2021? No one. Like, absolutely. Like, that's the hardest part with everything with it is you have to work around so many obstacles in today's time with trying to fix these things that it's just like that's what takes the time is actually working around the life of the person because you can't just say hey quit your job and stay home for for three four months and let's get your thyroid fixed by you just napping you just doing some grounding and doing (laughs) cold showers and and earthing and you know it's like yeah that'd be all great i love that too and climbing a mountain and jumping in a cold lake but like (laughs) that's not really gonna happen for everyone it doesn't work and i hate and the one thing that i also don't like is you know the one thing with the per- the perfect protein carb fat ratio like we have seen time and time again that carb cycling works <laughs> like you could keep someone what i actually like to do is i actually like to keep someone on the same calories i just like to put like they might stay on the same calories and if they're actually more advanced and they they're eating a lot of food i actually might just keep that same food like keep their macros the same work on the lifestyle habits, work, and then put the nutrients in specific places at specific times. So they're getting the things they need because that makes the big difference. Like when you're dealing with people who have been in the gym, like we're talking about probably, which is probably what he's probably also talking about, you know, that's when meal timing actually starts to kind of take an effect. Like your first two years when you're on newbie gains, it's just like eat, eat all the food you want at that point. And that's something I wish I did. I wish I, I wish Me I did too. that, but I didn't like, do that, but I didn't do that. Um, that's why, why I'm so small. It's okay. Um, Me too. <laughs> team small here. Yeah. Uh, but that's hey, why, but, listen but, to our I, mistakes. but I find that upping protein, people under eat protein, number one, 
always. It's it's not unaccounted calories or overeating. They're actually undereating, usually. Usually. Um, carbs. Usually they might be eating – they're eating carbs from not the right sources. So you put the right sources in there at the right times. So fruits and veggies yeah. outside that peri-workout window, and then peri-workout window, your simple carbs. And then, you know – your fat sources. How many times have we seen, they could say all they fucking want about seed oils and how there's no data that shows that it has like, Oh bro, I'm, I'm, char- I'm going to be boxed up as a charlatan. If we start talking about seed oils, <laughs> but, <laughs> because I'm but I mean, team carnivore on this one. <laughs> but I mean, we've, we've seen it. Like we've literally seen people eat canola oil and have issues. We've seen people eat vegetable oil. Bro, I, I, have I, I would, I'll run a study with my roster, and I guarantee you I could fuck up all their biofeedback by just getting them to do two shots of canola oil in the yeah, morning. I bet, I bet I could skyrocket their LDL pretty damn quickly. Me too, 100%. <laughs> I, have no, I would bet like a lot of money on that, like yeah. a lot, you know, and just because that's that, how confident. And that plays a huge role too because that can drive insulin resistance. like A lot. And like big time, <laughs> like I'm seeing it. Like I'm seeing it in the people that I'm working with. Like it's just like me too. Hey, you have all the time. To, you've got issues. Well, you're probably gonna have. You might have little cholesterol issues, and then you're also and that that kind of burns the hyperinsulinemia too as well. It drives up inflammation. What happens with inflammation? We hit a negative feedback loop, and I don't think people people understand. And I think, and I think it just it just frustrates me because people don't. Because like I like he says in the thing. He actually says it, I think, at the bottom or something, um, or somewhere. He goes, he goes. If you have a hormonal problem, you need an endocrinologist, not some idiot on social media. Like he's demonizing us. Yeah, well, it's like okay, out, we'll come to Canada because there's a three-year waiting list. And there's three of them. Out, who are putting out imp- who are putting out information on the hormones, like. I put out a ton I think of that's why I get triggered. <laughs> like I put a ton of information out on the hormones and it's like, man, if he probably reposted one of my things, I would probably get buried. My DMs would probably get buried by someone saying I'm fucking wrong. There's no studies. And it's like, meanwhile, I would like to say that that person probably doesn't have a roster. And if they do, they're probably not getting the results that a lot of people in our tribe are. Because like I've been in the industry so long that I was actually part of that scientific community you know what i mean like i i lived in the same place as jeff nippard for god's sakes you know it's like that was my circle of people and it's like well i saw that and what that kind of community produces and then i saw you know like after getting some mentors you know working with alan and like yourself chasm it's like all of a sudden you see that these, this tribe is get well, how come they're getting all the results? Like, how come I've never seen one person in this, in this end of the spectrum do any of this stuff, never help anyone with Saibo or Hashimoto's or, you know, Crohn's or anything. And it's, it's like in Alan's uh, roster, it's an everyday thing, you know, <laughs> like it's, he's helping normal, hundreds yeah, it's, of, it's like, that's, that's a day at the office. Yeah, well, I think to throw that all out in the garbage and say that, oh, well, he's not an endocrinologist. I think that we're just throwing the baby out with the bathwater there a little too prematurely yeah what do you think about this so to kind of leave people with this because i always i was thinking about this well what does this mean so like someone listening to the podcast wanting to provide value for them if they've read this post or maybe we've brought it to their attention and they're going yeah that's me like i go to the gym (laughs) six days a week for an hour and a half or two hours i do cardio three four times a week Uh, you know, I go on walks, I'm tracking my food, I'm not binging on the weekend, you know, like, swear on the Bible kind of thing, not binging, you know, and and that's the way it is. They're not inconsistent, they're not missing weeks of just tracking and falling off. What are are the things that you think you could provide basically, at a basic level, for advice to like help these people? Because I know that that was you, as you mentioned, I know that that was me. And it would have been really pragmatic for if someone had sat me down and said, like, look, man, there's like four or five things, you know, like, obviously, yes, you should hire a coach and, you know, a skilled coach and that. But if someone was not quite there yet, what do you think are some of the things that they could look at implementing or stop doing that one might help them? There's, there's 
think three things I think I would do right away. Number one, less is always more. Like you have to bring, bring that cardio down as much as you don't, you know, as much as I always get pulled back right away from people, like for some people, they always pull back. They're like, really? They're like, that's it. And I was like, you learn to train, you learn to train. I was like, just pull back and you'll learn how to train. Um, take back the cardio. I would even take that out in general and just put a walk in every single day. Like put a fasted walk in every single morning. And actually one thing I actually like to do is for some people, I actually like to have them take a walk at night. Like, like, like just to, I do that kind of just to, I do it myself because well, number one, I got to get my steps in. I'm usually working all, all day sitting here. And when do I fit in my steps after my last meal, I go for a nice little, maybe 20 minute walk to kind of just breathe in the air. It also gets you off your, off your blue light. It gets you off like yep. your computer and everything. So do that and go right to bed. Um, my, that kind of brings me into my third one or second, second one, um, sleep sleep and stress management those are if if you don't nail those you're not going to get anywhere it's as much as i want to say it if your sleep is not on point your cortisol is going to go up your cortisol is going to get dysregulated and it's gonna it's going to be a nightmare for your body to try to regulate there's a point to where you can where you can reverse cortisol in a proper amount of time and then there's a point where like we said if you wait long enough it's going to be a very, very long time of not training the way you want to train, not eating the way you want to eat and not getting to your goal body composition wise. Um, and stress management of course goes along with that because cortisol dysregulation. If you're not actually perceiving your stress, which is actually the problem, it's not, it's not more so the habits to deal with stress. It's perceiving it. So if you're, if you're feeling nervous, frustrated, overwhelmed, anxious, you know, you're always thinking about something, etc. Your body is just, it's under, uh, it's under, uh, that's your allostatic load just getting triggered the whole yep. time. And it's just like your parent, your, your sympathetics just getting driven the whole time. So, you know, you have to take a step back. And if you're someone who's type A and I've had, I have a few of them that are like that, it's so hard to take a step back, but you have to, like, you just have, like, that's where I will cut training like very hard on those people. And I will enforce those things. I'm like, you have to do the journaling. Like you've got to do the meditation, like to fit in it. Like you're not training as hard. You have time to fit in five minutes of meditation, like every morning or every night, like figure out things that work for you. Um, and lastly, honestly, I think this is a big one because it goes along with what we talked about with insulin. Check your blood glucose. I think so many people, don't do this. And they think it's just for people with diabetes. And I think that's a wrong thing because if you're, if your blood glucose, if you're running that, you, you can know, cause I'm actually about to make a post on this. Um, cause I had a client whose digestion was off and I saw that his BG every day rose about five, six points when it wasn't bad. It was like, it was low eighties, like 81, 82. And then the week after it was like 85, 86, 87. And he was like, I can't go to the bathroom. And I was like, I bet you're stressed. And he's like, I bet. He's like, really? And I was like, yeah, I bet you're worrying about little things that you can't control. Right. And I bet you're staying up thinking about little things. And what did we do? I told him, Hey, he was getting like six hours of sleep. I told him, Hey, you have to get more sleep, get off the phone, do some journaling, do some meditation, change your, change your nightly routine, just a tad and watch. He's like, we don't need a supplement. And I was like, no. I was like, just watch. Next, I think, I think at two days, his digestion fixed right back up. I was like, and his blood glucose was back down to 81, 82. And I was like, bam, see, exactly. Like I'm about to write a post about this, but when you track blood glucose and you track your weight, those, as much as we say the scale doesn't mean a lot, when you read trends and you read patterns, you know, like you could just see, like you could just see it. And if you're feeling like crap and you know, and your blood glucose is off, it's a sign. It's a sign telling you which direction you like need to Like a check engine light, right? Yep. Exactly. You know, it's like, it's like, Hey, this is, we don't necessarily know what specifically is the cause, but this thing is different than the patterns we've been seeing. So that leads to the investigation, which led you to, well, you're only sleeping six hours. 
you know, because it's funny, my clients, I get everyone to check uh, track blood glucose too. And sometimes when they come back, I'm sure you get this, you'll get a check-in and a client's been like, uh, our, our numbers are different, so I'll convert. But like yeah, your client's yeah. been like uh, 85, let's say for, you know, 80 or 85 for three, four check-ins. And then all of a sudden we see like a 92 and they're like, oh my God, like, am I dying? Or like, what happened? You know, and they, they, they like really are upset about this. And I'm like, hey, what, tell me about your week. 100% correlation. It's like, oh, I was running around here and I, I did this and they're all stressed out. So then I have to explain to them like, hey, hypothetically, if I purposely wanted to, you know, I always use my fiance as an example. I was like, if I checked Sierra's uh, blood glucose at 6 p.m., Within 24 hours and five sentences, I could spike her blood glucose by about 15 points because all I would have to do is piss her off a little bit with like doing four or five wrong things and I would stress her out and her biofeedback would change that quickly. And then people are like, holy shit, I didn't realize how big and how quickly and rapidly this stress management can play a part because you'll probably agree with this. When you get someone to buy into their stress management, and I remember this feeling it's a wake up all of a sudden you're like holy shit like I was stressed I just didn't like I just pretended I wasn't or something yeah then they start to become aware and then they understand and then I have people take tick marks this is something I learned from Austin so if they get stressed like when they when I said all those symptoms of it like if you're nervous and stuff like that they start to understand that they were feeling like that the whole time and it actually leads to more like bigger ticks so it might be like three yep. ticks throughout the day, but it's three huge ticks. It's not like little things. It's like they were- Especially if they're compounding. Yeah. And it's like, that's where it comes in. Um, so I think that kind of leads, that's kind of like a cascade. So if you see yeah. blood glucose, it's- take care. I bet if you take care of your stress management and your sleep, it will probably improve. <laughs> and then everything else will also improve with that. Your energy to go on more walks, like your energy, like- getting in the gym better. You're going to be able to train harder. Like if your sleep and stress is on point, you'll be able to train harder. You'll, you'll actually make the physical progress that you, that you've been looking for. Yeah. Looking for that makes so, total sense, man. I'm really happy we covered this. Cause there's a lot of good little nuggets in here. I know you always like to ask, uh, ask one, one or two questions at the end that are just like out of left field. So I, and you've done it to me the last few times. So I'm like, Hey, I want to do it back to him now. <laughs> So I've been, I've been thinking about this one and this is a hard question for me to answer about myself, but I'm starting to think I may have an answer or a, a competent mm-hmm. hypothesis, but I, I had it asked of me the other day and I was like, Hey, I want to ask Anthony that, which is what do you think is like, and you, we probably all have many and there's a bunch of crossover, but what do you think is like one thing that sort of is your edge when it comes to being a coach and you might not even have, let's say this edge fully sharp yet, but you know how you get an instinct where if you've been working with some clients, like I know you've had, you've been, your roster has been getting bigger. You've been getting some more advanced clients and you start to think like, Holy shit. I think that I can do some damage. Like, and I would just like to know what that is for you. Like, what do you think your it factor is? You know? Like I'll even give you an example to give you some time to think about it. Yeah. When I, when I, when I, when I think of, cause I can use our coaches as prime examples to, to maybe clarify my point. When I think of Justin, I think of the intensity and the accountability that his personality provides to his clients. Like you don't sign up with team Mahaley unless you're ready to get intense because of the way he carries himself. And that's what, that's an it factor. Like I can't do that to my clients. Although my clients train very intense and so do I, it's not the same. Like I don't walk in the room and like elicit that over people the way he does. And I've been around him in person. So, you know, and as where Mark provides some of that, but Mark is very deep and he asks a lot of the right questions, you know, and, and I think we all have these little niches as any kind of coach that's getting garnering some success. So I'd like to see what you think yours are or one even. I honestly think it's like, like it's, it's going to be very basic, but kind of like the willingness to drive deeper because the one thing, because the one thing I've always noticed is, you know, back through my whole story, like the biggest thing is like, 
everything was kind of ignored. Like when okay. I was, when I went through that suicidal moments, a lot of things were ignored. Um, a lot of telling signs. Like if you look at it, like nobody did anything. Um, and that's the one thing that I bring to the coaching is I like, I just dive deeper into, into everything. Like there's a, there's a deeper meaning behind someone's change. There's a deeper meaning behind why someone is the way they are. And I think it's kind of cool to kind of dive into that. Like I do too. Like everybody's always an N of one and finding what makes them that N of one. Like, like you may see, like we talked about, you may see similar cases and it's very much the same for a lot of bodybuilders who are, who have that musculature. And like, I have two guys that have pretty good musculature and the strategy is kind of very much the same with both of them. Like it's very similar, but what makes them different? Like, it's like, what makes them different? And it's kind of like, it's a mix of like their personality and the way that they respond and what gets them going. Because not everybody, like you said, like like you kind of bring up Justin, like not everybody replies well to that intensity. Like you have to have a yeah. certain personality. But I've luckily been able to put in suit with with some of my guys, it's intensity. With some other people, it's compassion. With others, I like that. It's it's hey, like getting the best out of them in different ways. Like it's just so it's so cool to kind of be able to do that. Like you know you know, what makes someone tick, what really, what really sparks that change, what really opens their eyes to a lot of things, because you can't treat males and females the same, like you can, but there's a specific way you have to do it to each person. So it's like, so I think that's like the coolest thing. And that's it's think, really cool. And you, you answered it really well. Um, and it's funny, because this is not a, a video podcast as of yet. Um, but when I asked it to you, I could see, uh, sort of like, obviously the train was getting fired up. So I could see the coal coming out and you're trying to, you know, you're getting yourself into the thought. And as soon as you found it, your whole demeanor changed. And that tells me, what do you think about this? This is my sense of it, that that way that you're finding out what the person needs and willing to dig deep enough to go and find it and get it and then provide it, you're deriving a lot of positive emotion from that piece alone based on your experience and where you came from as a human being. And I fucking love that. Yeah. That's what drives us as a coach, right? Is we, we drive to see, we drive to see our athletes get results. Right. And, you know, I always feel bad for the people that, that are on my team that may not get the results that they want. You know, there's always going to be people no matter who's your coach, there's always going to be people that are not going to get the results you want because coaches don't align together. Um, coach and athlete don't. And sometimes that bond, like I said, I try to build that bond because when you build, when you build that sense of compassion, you dive deeper into someone, it really, it really builds that trust. It really builds that. It really like, it builds that thing that like, Hey, they're going to listen. Like that special sauce. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, you get really, and like every week, if they're not making the change that like you thought would happen, it's like you either derive that positive emotion or you derive that negative. Like you feel how they feel. Like you try to like you see you see what they're seeing in a way. So I think it's like I mean you can't even see my face right now because it's so dark in my room. Um, but it's I think that's where I think that's like the greatest thing is being able to really learn someone's life and really kind of find, like you said, like I dig deeper into what's truly stressing you. Like yep. what, like we all like to dive deeper and deeper into that, but it's the connection. I think that's what's made me so, so successful so far has just been that personal, that personal connection that's touting that line of like family and coach. That's where, that's where it is. So it's enough of the coach where they listen to you and they respect everything that you say but it's also you kind of you kind of go through peaks and valleys of both where during the week if something's going wrong you show compassion because there's a lot of coaches that say hey you had a funeral and it's like some of them don't show that fucking compassion for someone there's like why didn't you get the job done it's like that's not how life fucking works 
Yeah. Like I had, like I've had a few people who've had, who've had family members pass away recently. And it's like, I could have been that asshole that could have been like, Oh, you better stick to your meals. And I'm like, no, you have to be present with your family during that time. Like you're going to get more from being present with your family than you are thinking about thinking about bodybuilding. It's just going to make it worse. Like I tell that to everybody. I'm like, if there's a moment in time, I don't care if you're into bodybuilding seriously or not. Like if there's a point in time when you need, when you want to be present in a moment, be fucking present because that's all that that's, that's going to give you such, I'm telling you, your physique's actually going to improve by you rather staying present in those moments. Like whether it's a sad or happy moment, whether it's like a happy hour or a funeral or something, it's going to elicit a better response from your body than it will you caring about your next fucking meal. Like, that's right, man. So I think I'm going to agree with that. Yeah. I'm really happy I asked that question. It's like really good. Got got you so far. Got you a little yeah, fired it got me, up. It got me fire, yeah, it got me fired up. As I, I gotta I gotta finish I gotta finish a plan. So oh, this is got, got me. This got me fired up to do a, to finish a meal plan. You know, counting 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 calories all night. <laughs> um. Yeah, dude. I think that's a phenomenal episode. Honestly, me too. We should bring this. We should bring this to YouTube. I have the. I get the audio. I get the video files. So we probably should. But I didn't we put could, it man. And I can get, I was waiting to see like, if you were liking doing them together, what we wanted to do. Cause like I'll, I'll invest some money. Like I'll get a mic and like a better, and like a camera setup that looks good. You know what I mean? Like a, it's not yeah, a big a, deal. If, yeah. if we're, I just wanted to wait until like, it was actually going to be maybe a planned thing. And uh, if it is in the future, I'll, I'd definitely I told, invest in more technology. I told, I told people there'd be, I always never say there's no direction with the podcast. You know, I've done it. I've done it now for almost two years. Yeah. Um, by the end of August, it will be two years. It's like, I've had two years worth of guests on the show. Hell so yeah. Like, it's like, I'm kind of looking for something like, like I already have my, my, like my chat with my, with my boys. And then it's like, I was like thinking, I was like, maybe we should just make this the regular Thursday episode. I was like, I'm kind of, you know, kind of, kind of losing that fire for a guest in a way. It's hard because once you've gone through all the people you're interested in talking to, and especially when you're in our position where you're at the bottom rung of the good hierarchy in the fitness <laughs> industry, it's like, I'm not going to, cause I've had Alan on my on my podcast for for supplement world i've had a lot of guys on there too and it's like i'm not gonna ask alan every three weeks to come on my fucking exactly. podcast for free you know like after you've done it a few times it's like geez you can i can only ask the same 15 people i'm interested in learning to talk about on these kind of things uh to do it when they're not benefiting near as much as me you know like i'm not gonna ask joe bennett to come on my fucking podcast every week it's just he's not gonna do it you know but like for you and i our time isn't quite worth the same yet. And so it's like a marketing tool and it's fun. And we get to talk about shit. I like to talk about. I think, so like this there's a, great. A... I think if we actually bring, if we actually bring a topic like we had today, I think it's going to be like, and we can refine this even more too. Like, you know, I, I felt way more comfortable today having a topic and I, I had thought about the topic too, for a few days. So I had some specific things that I wanted to ask you, which worked really well. So I think this is going to be our, one of our better episodes. Yeah. So if you, if you guys, whoever listens to this actually want this to kind of be like, like I want to make, actually, I don't really care if people, if people like, like kind of say whether they want guests or not, I kind of make the choice because it's like, yeah, of course myself. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I, your think, name on I it. think we should freaking make this a regular thing. And then maybe it, I'll sprinkle yeah. in like, once a month guest episode or something like, yeah of course i think that makes i think it makes it so much better but having you know i said it was going to take me a while to find my direct co-host i was looking for someone to make a direct co-host and i now have two chats with two separate unique unique things this is more like the coaching one and the other one's kind of like the bullshit talk 
where yeah, we, we bullshit fun. talk we bullshit talk on this one but it's about coaching stuff and i think a lot of people yeah. like when coaches nerd out so if you guys who listen to this want us want us to bring this every thursday to the podcast and and think it would be kind of cool to see something new with the podcast and see it grow the way it has um definitely let us know um because we like to set these up in advance we typically like to, like to record usually saturday night it's kind of like our little our little yeah it's been our routine so far yeah so if you guys want to hear more of this let us know because we i mean we want to do it anyway so i think it literally chomping at the bit man yeah any excuse (laughs) yeah any yeah any excuse to give us more time to chat with each other just give it literally um so if you guys enjoyed this episode um definitely go give dylan a follow on if if you're already not following him on instagram um go subscribe to the podcast Go give us a five-star rating. Go leave a review. Um, share it on your Instagram story because I think a lot of people are actually going to take away a good amount from this episode. Um, so if you guys just enjoy this, just follow the podcast because we're going to continue this going. So thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Ace of Spada podcast.